What the If is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Zombie hit show edition. When the zombies get their own show, I'm sure there is a zombie show, right? Somebody's got. There are go so many zombie oh, yeah. shows. Right. Well, it's more in like what the 2010s mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Was it yeah. the zombie heyday? Yeah, that's just a tease of what our if is this week. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, now, now I'm imagining a podcast with actual zombies. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I'll bet that exists too. Yeah. <laughs> That could be good, but <laughs> it'd be fun. Um, with us, as always, uh, I'm I'm Philip Shane, a documentary filmmaker and science fan. I support science whenever I can, uh, and um, with all my might. Uh, and with me, as always, are uh, are two um, two real science people. Um, the first one being uh, on my right. No one can see because it's an audio-only program. But imagine, imagine on your right, um, Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University in Greenwich Village, Manhattan. How are things? Um, they are not too bad. Um, the spring semester has begun, so I've got a, a crop of new insightful students and uh, exciting puzzles to solve in the classroom. Uh, and the dog is in the office with me today, so that's kind of nice. Oh, Woo! the dog is here. And tell us the dog's name again. Magpie. Magpie is here as well. Yeah. Hello, Magpie. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. For joining us. Our science consultant. When things get too difficult, we will defer to Magpie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also with us, as always, on my left, um, of my screen, on my iMac, is um, Gabby Penicia, virologist at Rockefeller University. A little further uptown. How are things there? Uh, you know, I think God is smiting me this week. Oh, my goodness. Just Or maybe like multiple gods. <laughs> like, you know, I pissed one of them off with like a backhanded comment. And they're like, hmm, <laughs> Thunderbolt. Uh, <laughs> I was saying before the show, I, uh, I, I have had a cold for the past couple of days. And it's fortunately just a cold because if it was COVID, I'd be, you know, sequestered in the house. The caution yeah. tape would be up. Um but since we've got like a grant renewal coming, I've still been working. And, and Wednesday, it was like pouring rain. And of course, Rockefeller University has the extremely practical uh, paving of just marble paving stones, which are terrible for traction. So I uh, slipped and twisted my ankle and I was like, everything sucks. Uh, that does. That is the worst. And that, that moment when you're on the ground and you oh, have to look up. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. 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 Well, I was alone, right? So there was nobody oh. around. But then I was like, I couldn't walk for a second. I was like, oh, my God, there's nobody around. And, you know, I fell in a puddle, too. So it was like, I'm soaked. I'm like, maybe I don't know if it's good that nobody's going to be around. Like, can I manage to get up again? Or if it's bad because then nobody's going to find me. Um, 
I, uh, I worked, I, I did a documentary once uh, about uh, Gilda Radner, the great comedian from uh, Saturday Night Live of years past. And um, she said that, uh, or her family said that one of the, the moments they knew she would grow up to be a comedian is when uh, she was a l very little girl and she was out skating, ice skating, and she fell down and she made it look like she had done it on purpose. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is pretty she good. She would grow up to be a comedian. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. Um, so this week, this week, very, uh, very cool if for us, um, usually ripped from the headlines, but th this week ripped from the, ripped from the entertainment pages, let's say, mm -hmm. instead of the, uh, science pages, uh, although both, both the entertainment and science pages. Um, and, uh, so Gabby, why don't you uh, just give us a little context and then we will welcome the if with all the fanfare it is due. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I don't know how many of you guys have played the game called The Last of Us. Um, it was a really great critically acclaimed game, essentially about This would be kind a video of, game. Uh, yeah, a video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a board game. Yeah. Video game. Um, essentially about what's more or less a zombie apocalypse, but it's really neat because it's a sort of fungal zombie apocalypse. So it's not a virus. It's not a bacteria. It's a sort of mind-controlling fungus. I'm sure we've talked about things like this before. Cordyceps fungi on the show mm -hmm. um and they are turning it into a show that i've also been watching um and so are all of my friends because we all played the last of us and it started a very long discord conversation about one of the characters who is immune to this zombie fungus um and so essentially the driving thing of the the show slides i mean you find it out in the first episode but they're trying to find a cure they're trying to you know use a person who's immune get her to people who could figure out how to make that into a cure. Um, and so we kind of got to talking about how would somebody be immune against this zombie fungus as it's presented in the show um, and based on some information from the game wikis, uh, just trying to figure out how that would work. Um, and so that's kind of what I thought we'd do the if on today. All right. So maybe, so what, what do we think is the if? What is the if? If, if you maybe were the what only if one? You, yeah. Yeah, I think what if you were essentially Ellie, the character that's immune? Like, what if you were immune to the Last of Us fungus in that world? Fantastic. Cool. Okay. And so we uh, we welcome the the band back on stage, the What the If players, and uh, they're sort of uh, swapping out their instruments, changing genre as they are so adept at doing. And we ask, what the if? You were the only one in the world immune to the zombie apocalypse. How would you, would your friends stay your friends? You'll, you'd know who your real friends are. What if you found yourself, what if, what if art imitated life? Oh no, what if life imitated art? And you found yourself in a hit zombie series uh, as the main character. <laughs> uh, you're immune. So, <laughs> protagonist syndrome. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, protagonist syndrome. I got a bad case of protagonist. My protagonist is acting up again. Um, uh, 
So it sounds like, Gabby, that the, I think, as you said, that uh, especially for you as a virologist, the real mystery here is uh, what is this immunity? So you're saying it's not just in The Last of Us, it's not just that she's immune, but nobody knows why she's immune. Is that? Yeah. So, right. the, I mean, that's part of it, right? And then right. also, too, it's kind of repeated a lot that oh, if we just get her to these people, they'll be able to turn whatever's up with her into a cure. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And so there were some ways I thought of that happening, um, but essentially the more we talked about it, there's other ways that it could be that she's immune, in which case they'd have a much harder time turning that into something useful. Um, so it is interesting to think about just like what different ways they'd have to go to potentially turn something into a cure, depending on what it is that's actually making her immune to it. Right. Okay. Now, do I know? I'm. I'm. I'm guessing you may or may not know. Maybe, Matt, maybe you know too. Um, I'm guessing this has happened in the past. Is this? Is this one of the ways we have discovered how to fend off uh, diseases? Well, that's probably a good. There were certain people yeah, who are immune to, to something to chat about too, right? Um, Gabby, can you orient a little bit yeah. about what we mean when we say? Immune. Immune? Yeah. Yeah. So mm. immunity to a disease essentially means that you're not really getting infected by it. You're not developing the whatever the, I was going to say phenotype, whatever like the, the, the typical signs of the disease are. Um, sometimes this means that, you know, it just, you know, kill your body essentially is able to kill whatever it is on contact. Sometimes it's, it's more like it's not able to establish what we call a productive infection, meaning it's not able to, like, you know, what if it's a virus, it might get into your body, but it might not be able to really replicate, might not be able to spread, make more of itself. So it's just kind of stopped. Um, so you can get this a couple different ways. Essentially, you could either be exposed to that pathogen before and then not be able to get it again. Um, think about when you've had a cold and then, you know, your best friend gets it from you, but then they mm -hmm. can't pass it back to you because you just had it. Your body has uh. antibodies against it. You're fine. Um you can also kind of get it by a weird thing that in your body, you have antibodies against diseases that don't exist. That sounds kind of bizarre, but yeah. when you're born, basically, your body does this sort of remix of your antibodies. So you get some that are, you know, acquired, like, from your parents, stuff like that. But it's kind of a, a human mechanism to just sort of, you know, everything has to be encoded in your genes, right? But if you had one gene for every single antibody, you'd have so many more genes considering you have like millions of antibodies in your body. So your body kind of just remixes how it splices that gene together. Um, it's kind of like uh. going to like a sandwich bar and picking individual toppings sort of. All of the components <laughs> are there, but it's the order that your body chooses to put them in that's important. I'm trying to find a good way to explain this, and I hope that helps. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's and disgusting. Because that kind but, of scrambling yeah. happens when you're born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of reaches in there, wrist deep into the, the salad <laughs> greens. Uh, it's like we're adding that to your antibody repertoire. Um, and so because of that, you can be immune to stuff you haven't seen before. Oh, I like um, that yours went for the salad greens. Mine just went straight for the meatballs. So. Yeah, I did consider the imagery of going wrist deep into the mayonnaise, but then I re yeah. realized maybe that's a little bit too disgusting yeah. for this early in the morning. So the when you say that the child is born with all the are you have and you have antibodies uh, or you have genes, is it you have genes or you have antibodies for diseases that don't exist. It's is that it's what? antibodies. Yeah, antibodies. Yeah. 
are they diseases that existed in the past or they're just no, totally no. random? No, so these are literally just totally random, right? Wow. So because your body is kind of splicing these together randomly, there's a chance, actually, you probably will, that antibody will probably never, ever find a spot that it binds to where it's useful. Huh. But there's an off chance that it could. Um, and so actually, I know there's a lab here right now that's trying to find people. And I don't know if they're going to have any luck at it because it's for COVID and now most people are vaccinated. So it would kind of paint over what they're looking for. Hmm. But they were trying to find people who kind of just were never infected by COVID and had some of those natural just antibodies that they lucked out, that they were born with antibodies against a virus that didn't exist at the time when they were born, hmm. um, which is possible. And the part of the way that they're looking for people is essentially if you have two people who are like living together and one person never gets COVID from the other, like, you know, you've got that couple, they sleep in the same bed. One of them got COVID and the other one never, ever did. Uh-huh. Well, what's the chances that they actually are just immune to it off the jump? Because uh-huh. uh, that's possible. It's like one in, you know, a couple million, but we're up to how many billion people on earth? So it's got to be some people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, so in the game, how is the virus? Is it a virus? And, no. Okay. So that's kind of the cool thing about the game, right? Yeah. It's a fungus. Fungus, um, so right. So oh, yeah. we've talked about cordyceps fungi, I think, sometime in the past. But basically, uh-huh. they're kind of like our Toxo episode and the fact that they're a parasite that will mess with your cognition. Um, so cordyceps fungi are known to infect insects. Tend They tend to be pretty specific to the insect, I think. Um, but they will kind of grow into the insect and then commandeer their brain and get them to do some sort of behavior, which kind of depends to vary a little bit depending on what bug they infect. So I think ants, it'll make them climb up high, clamp onto like a twig, and then the like, the spores shoot out of the the ant's head. (laughs) So then by climbing up high, it gets the wind to disseminate the spores. And then I think, uh, flies it does a similar thing where it grows and then like snaps their wings open and then will shoot out from underneath the wings um it's it's very they're very bizarre and they can make insects do very complex behaviors and then i assume that's the end of that insect oh yeah that insect is big dead yeah Yeah. (laughs) not coming back from that but what spectacular fashion yeah, and essentially it's not coming back from that the moment that it's infected because from then on, uh-huh. that fungus is already starting to mess with its brain. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really cool. Yeah. And so how did they discover, or is it too much of a spoiler to say well, how they discovered that she's immune? Uh, she gets bit and she just right. doesn't develop. So the, so to lay out some of the things about this this fictitious um pathogen, this fictitious cordyceps fungus. Um, You can get it from being bitten by somebody who's infected. You can also, and this is how it spread originally, it was in flour. Um, So fungi can grow on like grains pretty commonly. Um, It's the reason why you should wash your rice uh, because there's a fungus toxin, aflatoxin, that's really not good for you and can be on unwashed rice. Um, But it spread through eating flour, eating contaminated flour, which I think most of it was. It started in Jakarta, which I think is like the world's largest like flour exporter. Like there's a huge mill there. Huh. Um, so that's kind of how it spread. Um, apparently, my friend was actually one of the people telling me this because she got really into everything about like how they've been producing the show. 
Um, and it's never explicitly stated in the show, but it's they keep that consistent where the characters that don't eat flour in that first episode aren't infected. Oh, really? Um, oh, wow. <laughs> That's a cool detail. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really neat. Um, and essentially what happens, it's, it's a very, very fast infection. Um, hmm. I think it's something like within a day or something like that, you start showing at least some of the behavioral changes where it starts to make you like more aggressive. Um, and then essentially that's where the biting comes in that if you uh. get bitten by somebody who's having an, a, it's essentially super aggressive and the typical like zombie thing that you're thinking of, yeah. then you can get the infection yourself. Um, but then it does some other things to some other different people. And I won't, I'll leave that one off just because if you <laughs> haven't seen yes. Okay. anything right. about it it's a fun surprise in episode two yes 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 so if anyone comes to bite you in general try to avoid it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's generally better for your health and well-being <laughs> to not get bitten by another person I, yeah i think i can say that confidently despite my non-medical background no, you, you lived in uh, new york for a long time so though, so let's say inevitable <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true <laughs> so let's say matt is immune Matt is the one who is immune. Um, what what uh, what should we what should we do next? Yeah, so Matt, let's say Matt got bit, and we have locked him in a room, waiting for him to turn insane, and he's just <laughs> been completely normal. Like, come on, guys, let me out of the room. I'm fine. Um, we have to figure out kind of what's going on with Matt, um, and so there's a couple of options maybe for what happened to him. Um, one is that maybe he just, however he got bit, somehow it didn't transmit from the zombie. Based on uh, all of the uh, other available information, we right. can probably rule that one out as pretty unlikely. It seems like kind of 100% in this world that if you get bit, you get infected. But it's mm. possible as just a general immunological rule that some things are defective. At least in viruses, sometimes mm. it can be what we call attenuated essentially kind of uh -huh. mutant, little sickly. Yeah. Um, so you could accidentally get infected by something that's naturally immunizes you. A dud. Um, yeah, kind of a dud. Think how uh, cowpox infected milkmaids and then made them immune to smallpox. Right. Um, you can oh, kind right. of get so, so infected it isn't, by something. Yeah, it isn't just that a dud, uh, uh, a defective virus would, um, it's not just that it would infect you and you would not get it, but you would now potentially actually then become immune. Yeah, yeah, it's possible that he could have developed some nice antibodies. If, yeah. You know, this was one kind of messed up zombie. It wasn't actually really infectious for some reason. Uh -huh. It just kind of was enough. There was enough juju left for, you know, that fungus to infect that zombie, but not for it to, you know, round out its life cycle well enough mm -hmm. and infect Matt. And so Matt just gets a basically a bitten vaccine. Hey, scarification is actually pretty good for uh, getting an immune response. So you oh, probably yeah? would sweet. have a pretty good... Uh, vaccine with that. I'll take it. <clears throat> okay, so let's say then that it's not that. Whatever you got bit with, we know that, you know, you should have gotten sick because that zombie also bit Jimmy, and Jimmy became a zombie, so something else must have gone on there. So that leaves maybe two other options, I'm thinking. One sec, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> okay, so that leaves... Two other options. The first one is that maybe you have something like what I described, right? Where you've got 
antibodies somehow that were just sort of there when you were born. That it wasn't that you were exposed to this thing. It wasn't that, you know, you're somehow the chosen one in the narrative. It was thrust <laughs> upon you. Right. You're the protagonist. Um, <coughs> yeah, you can tell by his spiky neon purple hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's so just by an accident of luck, you have antibodies that are pretty effective at stopping this fungus. So that's one option. Two, the option is that you are built different, which essentially <laughs> means there is something about you genetically that you have some sort of allele, some variant of a gene that the fungus needs to continue its infection in the human body, and that yours is something that it can't use. Um, there is, so to use kind of an example that people might be familiar with, um, you know how in the beginning of the pandemic we couldn't figure out why some people who were healthy had dramatically different, well, I say healthy, just no underlying conditions, had no, had very different reactions to SARS-2. One thing that we learned is that people are born with innate genetic differences. And some of them were in the receptor that SARS-2 was using. So you could get essentially a, a worse reaction to it based on how available your ACE2 was, how available that entry receptor was to the virus. So, <coughs> sorry, that could have something where whatever molecular lock that fungus needs to get past to use inside Matt's body, he's got a really messed up, he's got a messed up lock that fungus does not have the key. So <laughs> it's possible that something like this essentially kind of stops the infection because it can't progress. Because essentially what this fungus is doing is something that's really complicated. It seems to be going through kind of different phases of a life cycle within one person. So it's possible that it just is blocking an important step that, you know, it needs to get brain control or, you know, make Matt start foaming at the mouth. And is that something then that you would be able to, um, would that help, could that help other people? Is that the kind of thing that could That's the other? harder one to help other people. Yeah. So the thing yeah. about antibodies that are nice is it's pretty easy to, if you have somebody who's immune, you can take those antibodies out of their blood. You can kind of separate plasma. You could figure mm. out which ones are which. Um, and you could give that to another person who's, if, if you've got somebody who just got bit, you can try to get those antibodies in them. I don't know how long circulating antibodies, if you give them from somebody else last in yours. Mm. Um, oh, but that's yeah. essentially mm -hmm. what we did for COVID too. Convalescent plasma was plasma from people who had gotten sick, recovered, had antibodies against SARS-2 that we would give to people who were currently fighting it and seeming to have difficulty producing their own antibodies. Uh -huh. So that's pretty straightforward. Plus two, if you know what part of the fungus is efficient for your body to recognize and target, well, then you can just make a vaccine out of that. It's pretty easy to make a protein like that. Um, you can synthesize it, pack it up into a vaccine. I don't know how able we'd still be to do, you know, mRNA vaccine tech. Probably not because it's a little bit more finicky. But we've shown that stuff like that can be turned around pretty quickly. Um, so somebody like Matt, if it's antibodies, woo, super easy. <laughs> we are. Finally. Yeah. Vaccine on the horizon. If it's Matt's built different, that takes a bit more work, right? Because then you have to figure out, right, what 
is specifically being targeted by the fungus. And then you have to try to figure out maybe can you like drug target this? Can you, if you, if you manage to figure out what the fungus is targeting, you might be able to figure out what part of the fungus is targeting that. Just, so when you say if, targeting, you mean is this in, this is inside cells? Or uh, inside? So this would be, so the fungus never goes inside cells, but this is uh-huh. on that sort of molecular level, right? So if, because the fungus is essentially big, I'm assuming it's not huh. doing anything intracellularly. It's kind huh. of touching it. It's it's getting all of its fungusy hands on all of your individual cells <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and poking around that way. But it's still making all these molecular contacts, right? So the fungus has its own molecular fingers that it's going to be using to touch and manipulate things on the cells. Hmm. And if it needs something that's on that cells that's somehow messed up in a way that it can't use... Well, you can try to figure out what it's using on its side to touch that messed up receptor oh. that Matt has. So then you could try to find, okay, well, if it needs this, maybe we can develop a drug to block it. And you just permanently put people on whatever drug this is. Oh. But that sort of immediately suggests itself as being a little finicky, right? Because then if it's like a drug, like a prophylactic, then you have to constantly synthesize that. You could develop methods for like, oh, I'm only going to give those drugs to people who are going outside of the quarantine zone today. Uh, um, but it's not necessarily as permanent and nice one-time neat of a solution as just injecting everybody with uh, somebody else's antibodies. Uh, right, so your body won't manufacture this thing. You only get it. Yeah, you can never, your body will never manufacture this thing. Right, right. Could you, I hate to uh, say it, set up right. antibody farms where you get the, the half dozen people whose bodies do produce that? And just kind of have them sit there all day making antibodies and you're just constantly draining them out. And like, that's their job. They just sit there and watch Netflix and make antibodies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, kind of basically, right? So, I mean, you probably wouldn't have to do anything as extreme as like, you know, a farm. It's essentially blood, right? So you don't want to just keep taking it from somebody. It takes a, a minute to, you know, replenish it. But yeah, you could you could kind of do that pretty easily. Or, you know, once you've figured out, too, how to reproduce those antibodies yourself, um, we actually have methods to grow single antibodies in, like, a, like a dish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not particularly clear on this, but I know it uses... You can use B cells from a person. So, say, they find one of my cells that is making an antibody that they really want. You can take it, isolate it. You can essentially make it immortal so it's not going to die on you. And then you can just give it like growth factor to just crank out those antibodies and you could just grow vats of them. So you uh, might at first need the group of people. You're like, just sit down, watch Netflix. Uh, let's kick your feet up because we're going to hook an IV to you and just, you know, completely drain you of pretty good chunk of blood today. But you could also eventually get up a pretty, pretty stable supply of stuff in Petri dishes, I think. But I like how Matt tried to get himself a job just watching Netflix all day. That was pretty clever. That's a pretty good job. Sounds like yeah. a good idea. And saving humanity. Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that I can take your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what else, what, what are you going to do, Matt, now that you're, how, first of all, how does it feel to be, <laughs> at the beginning, the only one on Earth 
who's immune from the zombies. That's got to feel pretty good. Well, uh, it's probably going to be an awkward paparazzi kind of situation, right? Where uh, everybody's (laughs) following me around, taking pictures of me, watching Netflix or something. Yeah. um, Wanting to know, because I would imagine that many of these subtleties of, say, immunity and antibodies and such are not going to be well understood by the general public. Um, and, uh, so I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a Jesus situation where people are following me around, wanting <laughs> me to like distribute antibodies to them or touch them and, oh, uh, wow. heal them. Right. And then I have to say, look, I'd have to bleed on you and that's not good. Don't, right. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't go around asking people to bleed on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, there's some people that just don't take no for an answer. So, uh, I'd watch out for that. Um, I like that. So the paparazzi. So, uh, would you, uh, where would you go? What would you like, uh, what would you do with this power? Um, well, I mean, I do want to try and help people if I can, but if it's just the fact that I'm the only person who's not going to get sick and I can't help anybody else, um, I don't know. It's because I want to help, but how can I help? I guess I could work in hospitals and things and not have to worry about getting sick. So going around helping oh, other people. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I like the, the irony of how you are, you, you, you do teach karate. You, you do teach self-defense mm-hmm. and here you have this self-defense. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, immunological self-defense is a slightly different kind of thing, right? Hard, yeah. hard <laughs> to yeah. teach. I think. If you focus yeah, enough, to teach. you can just never get sick again. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I've met some Qigong <laughs> masters that do that kind of thing. Um, or maybe yeah. it's like... Other um, the, the karate the karate could help you with the paparazzi. Uh, well, that's probably true. That is actively discouraged. And the zombies. Yeah, and the zombies. Very <laughs> the importantly, the zombies. Oh, well, you know, that's right. Oh, I, had kind of, I had kind of actually forgotten that the world was overrun by zombies at this point. Um, yeah, so I should probably... <laughs> Uh, be the head of the anti-zombie squad, right? Uh, yeah. Going around yeah. killing the zombies since I'm uh, since I don't have to worry about getting sick. Yeah. Um, but this would probably inevitably lead to a tragic moment when some member of my squad does get sick, and I have ah. to kill them as well. Um, yeah. That's probably the yeah. end of the pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, uh, do the uh, I don't want to go into spoilers on the show, so I'm, I'm hesitant to ask what they do on the show. But um, what what would be the uh, the most likely um, path here, um, Gabby? Would they? Um, sounds like they would uh, they would take the antibodies from Matt, or how do we get to the? Yeah, vaccine? if, if or, we are we ass- looking for a vaccine, basically. Is, yeah. Is, so is, yeah. if we assume that it's not that Matt's just built different. It's not that he's got some weird gene variant. Right. And we assume instead that it's antibodies. Yeah. First step would probably be taking some blood from Matt and figuring out what specifically, what antibody it is, right? Um, you could also just take blood from Matt and just be like, fuck it, we're giving all of his plasma to whoever it comes in sick. Just, you know, any antibody he's got in the mix. You want Matt's flu immunity? Sure, you got that too. <laughs> uh, just put all of that in there. Whole cloth. Uh, that, that might actually be step one, just sort of develop some emergency ones. Um, it's the kind of thing where I can't imagine how exactly you'd go about testing this. Um, I, I could only think if you're going about it the ethical way, you're not marching people to zombies and then 
shooting them up with Matt's antibodies oh, and yeah. uh-huh. hoping they don't get sick, but rather have somebody come to you and, oh no, they got bit. Give them Matt's antibodies, see what happens. <laughs> and then probably make Matt the one to deal with them when they're in the containment chamber when they turn. If they right, turn. so unlike COVID, for instance, with COVID, you, you, were, you were one of the people uh, testing <sighs> the, uh, one of the vaccines, right? You were in the test group. And that they were testing you by just sort of having you out in the world mm-hmm. where people were breathing out COVID. And that was the equivalent of uh, sending you into a field of zombies, but <laughs> with slightly well, it, less risk. Or, or you were, yeah, they're so like, well, the you were already in the field of zombies. So, you know. No biggie. The equivalent in this world would probably be you identify yeah. a high risk population, i.e., people who have to go outside whatever the quarantine zone is. Uh, uh-huh. So say, you know, you have people who are like, you know, your, your guardsmen or like the people who are involved in when anybody new comes to the quarantine zone when they're figuring out if they're infected or not. Yeah. Those people who might be at risk of getting bit, though, that would be the population you would try to immunize first. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you would say, we'll keep following you. Don't take any unnecessary risks. You but, you know, you essentially try to do double blind, right? Some people don't get it. Some people do get it. Or maybe you're like, you know, put it all on red and everybody gets it just in case it works. Um, and, then, and then you follow them over time. So say, you know, this time, you know, Jimmy gets bit and he doesn't become a zombie. Uh-huh. Then, you know, you put one tally down. You're like, okay, that's pretty strong evidence. Uh, and I suspect with a thing like this, even if it's only like 50-50, any efficacy is something that they're going to take, right? Yeah. Now, can could you ever reverse the situation so that what if it turned out that not only can people now be not not only are people now immune from the zombie fungus, but we could actually inject something into the zombies and get them back heal them. No, probably not. No. So here's the thing, right? Mm, yeah. It's once, Once a zombie, always not, a zombie. Yeah, you can't... Yeah, because it's the thing, right? The, a lot of these people are pretty dead. Like, very dead. <laughs> like, there's a That's lot right. of fungus right. growing through them. Right. So right. somebody right. who's, like, a little bit, like, just freshly bit, probably, but at the point at which it's dramatically altering your behaviors, it's going to be a no. And, again, this is where I can't talk at all about episode two because, mm. yeah, there are some people... Yeah, you're not mm. getting that person back. Nope. <laughs> um, well, this is this has been fascinating. Where, where does the uh, where does our if end? What if we project our if all the way out? So without we don't even know how the series the series is still going, right? So we don't know where it's going to. Well, I, I assume it's going to go exactly the length of the book, considering ah. the show. <laughs> the, uh, not the book, the, the video the game. game. I mean, admittedly, right. the show has been incredibly faithful to the game to uh-huh. a degree that's actually a little bizarre watching it because you're like i've seen this as a cutscene, um and so given that they clearly love their source material it seems like it will go where the the video game does i I hope it does right um but might they they might do a game of thrones and go beyond even well that would would be an interesting question yeah (laughs) which turned out badly for game of thrones yeah Yeah. it turned out badly for game of thrones so if they pull a game of thrones i in any regard i suppose it probably won't be regarded well yeah um but as far as uh, maybe just Nat specifically, um, we can only hope for 
the people of this, you know, alternate, I guess, Last of Us universe, that Matt has something that is easily distillable. Because uh, antibodies are pretty nice, pretty cheap. Matt can live a completely cushy life, uh, hopped up on steaks as they try to keep him flush with blood. <laughs> flush with protein, uh, yeah. So that he can just, you know, yeah, flush with protein mm-hmm. so that he can just pump out more antibodies for you. Uh, if it's something just genetically with Matt, that might be a bit of a bummer. Um, just because it's not as usable. Um, and then you have to wonder about what science and the apocalypse looks like. Uh, because so much of at least my science relies on conveniently delivered kits that I don't have to think about. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, and the amount of stress I could imagine in half of these scientists as they're like, how do I make this buffer uh, that has no instructions <laughs> anywhere? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this thing is totally not calibrated. Uh, all of that kind of nonsense would be, uh, I don't know. Amusing for me as a scientist, probably not good enough for the big screen, but deeply stressful <laughs> if you are one of those scientists. Yes. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 That's excellent. Well, Matt, we always knew you were a national treasure. A treasure. <laughs> so um, well, glad to see this was a natural, a natural role play situation for you. Um, what's your takeaway, Matt, from this, from this uh, story? Um, I think it would be very stressful. What image are you the... left with? I, I, I'm feeling stressed out being the only person. Um, uh, I'd really like it if there was uh-huh. a, a community instead of just the one. Um, uh, also, it's good material for a video game, maybe less good for um, actual life planning. <laughs> that's true. That's typical of most games, I would think. Uh, that's uh, probably right. Yeah, Gabby, at least what's all you... post-apocalyptic yeah. games, yeah. Gabby, what's your uh, takeaway? What image are you left with? Uh, honestly, I'm just thinking about the show. Uh-huh. I'm left with some imagery from the show because it's really cool. Um, fungal pathogens terrify me in the best possible way. I'm fascinated uh-huh. by them. I'm terrified by them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a solid image, but I highly recommend the show to anybody who's okay with being a little bit freaked out it's not yeah no it's it's kind of horror enough it, the tension they, they do amazingly even if you haven't played the game and you're like it's a video game show I, why would i watch a video game show if i haven't played the game right just, just watch it it's right good. yeah it's i've heard good. people talk about it. and it's is it hbo yeah it's hbo hbo okay so very good the last of us is the show and the game um and i know there's two games at least right there's last of us and yeah last they, of us they made two. a second yeah. but I mean, I've really only worked with the first. Like, I uh-huh. haven't played the second. Oh, uh, from what I hear, you should try the second one because it's even better. Um, that's the one that's making people cry. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you. Thank you, Gabby, for bringing us this uh, horrifying uh, <laughs> story from uh, the world of the inner body. Very exciting. Um, anything you'd like to plug? Matt, anything coming up? Um... Let's see here. I don't know if there's anything soon. In March, I'll be speaking virtually at the AAAS. Um, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that, I guess. Oh, wow. That is the uh, American Academy of the Advancement for the Advancement of Science. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yes. Be good yes. Fun. So check that out. Um, yeah. 
That's great. And so, and that's a virtual thing. Is that something people can sign up for if they're not? Uh, um, that's a good question. Members? I assume so, but I, I will look into it and let you know. Yeah, we'll find out. I'm guessing AAAS.org or something. Um, Gabby, anything coming up? Anything exciting? Nope. Nothing on this front. Nothing. Just a dark cloud. Same here. <laughs> yep. Just dark, dark cloud. cloud <laughs> and a yeah. pending R01 resubmission. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, let's see, in the, uh, I can always offer a movie review and I can say uh, Avatar. I saw Avatar, The Way of Water. Not mm -hmm. The Way of the Water, by the way, just The Way oh. of Water. Um, very thoroughly entertaining. Thoroughly entertaining. Again, it's not a work of great literature. <laughs> it's, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's very colorful and a lot of fun. So uh, I also went, I saw it uh, with a friend at uh, one of those theaters, uh, the Alamo here in New York, where you can um, eat while you watch, you know, you can order food while you watch the movie. And mm -hmm. Avatar is like three hours long. So I recommend you do order plenty of food. Um, and uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Perhaps not seafood because the movie is very sympathetic to sea creatures. Not, not a spoiler. <laughs> the way yeah, of water. You don't want to go see that and order sushi. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the a hamburger or something like that or chips. It's great. It's delicious. So Avatar, thumbs up. I give Avatar five tortilla chips. Uh, that's <laughs> thumbs up. So um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you've uh, not done so before and you want to find out more about us, uh, go to our website, whattheif.org. All our episodes are there. And uh, you, there's also an about section. You can learn about who, who are these crazy people. And um, there's also a link there to our Patreon site, which you can also go to directly, patreon.com slash whattheif, uh, which is kind of a membership program um, for a small amount per month or depending on what level you want to join at per month. Uh, you get all kinds of different, different rewards. Also, our Patreon listeners get to listen to more content, um, kind of bonus content. After each episode, we uh, continue the discussion. And uh, that is only that bonus material is only for Patreon listeners. So if you want to find out what that is, go to patreon.com slash what the if. Also, just a real quick note, uh, anyone out there who, who is also has a Patreon, if you have a Patreon, if you, if you have a science podcast and a Patreon, I am now uh, hosting for Patreon. It's going to be announced soon, um, kind of a club for other science podcasters on Patreon. Uh, oh, I am cool. the captain. Hmm. I'm a, the, a club captain, they call it. I don't know. Do they really? <laughs> I don't know if I get a hat for that. That's or, old school. Okay. Yeah, but we meet up on Zoom once a week for six weeks, and we discuss ways to sort of just continue to uh, further our adventure and uh, increase our membership and stuff like that. So, yeah. I invite you, to, if, or if you're just curious, e email us feedback at whattheif.com if you have any thoughts, no matter uh, of any nature, and especially if you have ideas for a show. We haven't had uh, we haven't had any submissions in a little while, so I recommend uh, this is a good time if you wanted to jump in and become a super if or feedback at whattheif.com or just go to our website and contact us through the contact box there uh, with an uh, idea you'd like to see us run with. That'd be super fun. Um, Matt, would you lead us in? Uh, oh, first of all, how did did Magby enjoy the show? It sounded like she was enjoying her bone. Uh, yes, that's right. If we got a good <laughs> recording of her chewing away, yeah. Here. Um, <laughs> yes, she's ready to go explore the office. So we'll see how. It ah, goes. fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic. So, Matt, if you would lead us in our um, 
suppose somebody's brand new to this. They just tuned in. This is their first episode, and they have no idea what's coming. What's coming? What's the closing ritual? How do they prepare? Well, the closing ritual is we we confront the new world we have created in our imaginations, <laughs> um, and generally kind of freak out about it. So I think actually in this circumstance, we probably are a group of fungal zombies um, who are quite happy chewing our way through New York City, um, uh, infecting everyone and having them join our ranks when suddenly there's one spoiler. This guy shows up and we cannot infect him. So we have to shout, What the Thank you, fungi. Fungi one and all. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>